Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert. This is episode 224. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Hello, Albert. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. I know my kids are awfully excited to be talking about today's adventures. Are they? Okay. They are because uh, we recently went and were able to take a trip up to Minnesota during the summer, and my kids got to fish for the very first time, and they had a really? great time. Okay. So they heard that we're going to be talking about fishing today, so uh, they're excited to hear more about this one. Did, do they, did they catch anything? They did. They each caught one fish. Nice. Okay. We went up to New York area to Cape Vincent on, on the uh, off the on the St. Lawrence River, and my son was catching fish left and right. Everybody else was having a hard time, but he was catching left and right. He didn't even have bait. Nice. <laughs> he was catching the most. That's so funny. Nice. But enough talking about real life. Let's talk about some fake fishing. All right. Let's do. That. Let's pretend we're fishing and not really fishing. We're we're talking about Cold Water Crown today. The the game of a fish it's a game about a fishing derby. Most, most people just call them tournaments. <laughs> yeah, that's the newfangled term. Der- derby is an entirely different thing. Is it? I don't know. It's a fishing derby. It's a fishing whatever. tournament. Whatever. Yeah. And, and so that's what this game is about. Which you know, when I first heard of the game, I was like, "Oh no, what's that going to work out? It doesn't sound like it'll be any fun." Uh, so I was really curious to try it out. I found it in my local friendly game store on the used game shelf, so I picked it up. And I think I'm glad I did. I've had fun with it. Spoiler there. Um, so, I mean, we've given you the summary, I guess. It's a game about fishy. And you're trying to catch fish and win the most trophies. And trophies equals victory points at this game. The game has a very light rule book. It's very simple. Um, there's not a whole lot to the gameplay, so the rules are easy to to learn and follow. But hang on a second while I open my box and get my rules out of here so I can reference them. Oh, they're on top of the box. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pictures and examples. The setup page has a picture with letters on every area, and then the rules have those letters or letters and numbers, so you could reference exactly where it is. It's very well done. A really very nice common way, way of writing rules. Yeah. It, for some reason, it stood out more in this one than in other games, even though, like you say, it is very common. Um, mm-hmm. What I did find hard though, the first couple times, I found it really hard to do the setup and figure it out, everything out. You know, by the fourth or fifth game, I didn't even need to reference the rule book. It, it was pretty simple, especially once like, I figured out what I need and what don't, I don't need and put it away in the correct way. So yeah, very simple game, very simple rules. One drawback, of course, as usual, is that the solo rules are at the back of the book. Not my favorite way, but honestly, as simple as this game is, that it makes sense. I'll have to be grudgingly admit it. Finally, my we're, yeah. we're winning. I mean, I know it makes sense sometimes, but I still would prefer it. I mean, ideally, I would have my own solo rulebook. And you know what? They don't even need to include a multiplayer rulebook. Just throw that out. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with it. I, I did not find anything about the rules confusing. Works great. There's sex. There's a lot of sections, pictures, everything. It's well done. Well done, uh, Bellwether Games. Well done. 
And I'm just basing myself off the digital version and could mm-hmm. not get over the, some of the just errors in the exporting, but nothing nothing that I think shows up on the actual physical version. I have oh. not had an opportunity to actually play through the game myself. So my, my basis is just off of a review of the rules themselves. I find it strange sometimes. I think that, that some of the pictures sort of look more complicated than they <laughs> needed to be with sort of arrows going all over the place and a bunch of things happening all at once. It's like, I mean, I understand the idea of a discard pile, but you don't need to have like a line from every section converging on that and just be like, Ooh, <laughs> what are all the lines for? It's just showing me a discard pile. Okay. But yep. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're saying. Yep. There you go. So, I mean, it's a good rule book. I'm happy with it. The, the theme of the game. That's our next category. I so I gotta say I am not a fishing fan at all. I I, I would say I'm even anti-fishing. I used to fish a lot when I when I was young. I'd go anti-fishing. with my dad. Anti-fishing. We would go to the river and we'd fish. It was actually a canal, but I called it a river. I didn't know any better. We would go to you know we would go to South Beach, Miami Beach, and fish off the pier back when Miami Beach was a, a really sketchy area to go, and you did not want to go to South Beach. My dad would okay. take us there, and we'd go to the pier and fish, and it was great fun. Loved it. Then one time I went and I, I caught a fish. I pulled it out and I had caught it by the eye socket. And after that, I was just, oh, I, I can never do this again. It, it was just bothering me too much. So I never fished again. So going into the game, I'm, you know, I'm turned off by the theme. I don't like it because it's a fishing game and I don't really care for fishing. Um, bad experience. The, the weird thing is how in the world are you going to simulate fishing in a game, right? So... The theme is kind of light in here. All the artwork is great. It, everything looks really well done and well presented. The fish have weights printed on the cards and all this. So there's a lot of detail to, to make the, the theme come through. The part that doesn't really come through in the theme is the actual fishing itself. All you're doing is pulling cubes off your board and pulling cubes off your board. And once in a while, you catch a fish when you pull the last cube off a section on your board. So, I mean, it even feels like that waiting and fishing kind of. But, uh... You know, it's a game. <laughs> so that, that I, actually, I guess I'm saying the theme is pretty decent. I mean, I think, well. it, I think it's pretty good because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not, fishing itself has a dexterity element to it. Yeah, unless it you would have tied a dexterity element to it, you can't ask for more than this game really presents. You're right. It, the rest of it is you pick your equipment and you go fish and you hope you catch, catch a fish. <laughs> and that's what happens. Yeah. I guess if you want, you could get one of those little magnetic fishing games for little kids and even simulate that part. That you know, <laughs> that may be too hardcore. I'd draw the line there. I think that's not a blink I'm going to do for my <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, it's a well-done theme, honestly. It really is. The components. This has a few components. It has a board, really nice-looking board, where you play all the fish cards and all the different trophies you could win, all the victory point stuff you're going to lay out on the board. Really pretty art, too. I like it. It's It's... It's not super fancy, but there's a nice amount of detail on it. And it's a beautiful scene of a of a beach and a river and a lake. Yeah. Besides that, you get a bunch of cards, which are the fish that you're going to be catching. There's also there's small cards. They're kind of small, and sometimes a little bit hard to to pick up. I I thought so. They might have been better with sleeves, but they work fine. They do what they need to do, and there's enough of them that you really don't want them to be bigger anyway, because it would really take up a ton of space on the boards. 
There are some other cards for special things you could catch. They're called a master anglers fish. And they're things like a crab or a dogfish or a few kind of things where you're, these work a little different. You're trying to collect sets of these instead of just finding a specific fish sort of thing. The, you got the cards, you got a bag, a little black bag with a ton of little uh, plastic gems in them that you pull out the, the gems of your bait. I really like these. They don't look like bait, but I really like them because they're super easy to draw and handle. And they're just very satisfying to play with. You get a couple counters that represent uh, bonus things you could use, like a, a fishing line or a rod. And when you have those, you could use them for, for some bonuses during your turn. You get a little player board that's a tackle box that has four sections where you can have your bait in. And you got wooden tokens that are... It's basically, at heart, this is a worker placement game. And those tokens are the workers that you're placing or removing off the board to take actions. And what else do you have in this game? There's one more thing. For, oh, yeah, the victory points. Trophies. There's all kinds of trophies in this game. This is a tournament or a derby, whatever you want to call it. And you are trying to win trophies. And so all the each there's like, I think, eight or ten categories of trophies you could collect. And there's different point values for each one. And so you're just trying to collect as many trophies as you can. So you get all this stuff in the game to, to play with. Not tons, but plenty of different things to, to play with. And, and it's yeah, there you go, components. Anything about the components, Julius? Any questions? What do you think about using gems as bait? Like I said, it's a, it's a little weird because um, it doesn't look like bait. Right. I, I have another game, If Wishes Were Fishes, in which that one, the bait is worms and it brings rubber worms. Right. And it's great to play with. That game is so much fun just because of the worms. <laughs> but you know what? With like 90 bait, 90 little pieces of bait, anything bigger than those little tiny plastic gems would, would have been awkward. I mean, so it could have been it could have been straight, you know, rice-shaped pieces of wood that are straight worms that mm-hmm. could have been little pieces of wood. A, a small shaped meeple without a lot of twists to it. Would have fit in that bag nicely. Would have been indistinguishable. Could have been all the different colors. And I just feel like worms would have been a lot better of a choice for bait than <laughs> gems. I'm not, I don't know why it was gems. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I don't know. It is what it is. When I first opened it, I was kind of disappointed that that was the bait. But having played it, I, I am glad that's what it is. I think it works really well. I think it even works probably better than cubes would have. They're more honestly. They're more satisfying to hold because they got a little more texture in their in their shape than the little square cubes, and I find them super easy to mix up. They're slightly smaller, so you know, I I like it. I'm very happy with that component, which okay. surprised me initially. Uh, yeah. Uh, components. They're all they're all nice quality. I think the cards I think are slightly subpar, but they're they're more than adequate. Okay, components. Gameplay. So this is this is the heart of the game. At its heart, this is a worker placement game. On the board, there is there's three zones you could fish in, right? The river, the lake, and the ocean. And in each zone, there's two spaces um, where you could play them. And they're different. They're color-coded. I don't remember what the colors actually mean. They're just the two colors. Um, 
you can and they're they're related to the cubes. So there's those six spaces, plus there is a what's the other space called? Is it the bait shop or something? I don't remember exactly. Let me look it up real quick. And so there's there is a uh, a seventh space which is the port. And the way you and when you start the game, there's always three workers already placed on the board covering three of the seven spaces. There are three specific spaces. It's the top space of each zone. On your turn, every player has a, another worker in their in their inventory, and you start with it on the one side. You're going to pick any empty space and place your worker and take the associated action, and then you will pick any worker on the board and remove it and take the associated action. As you remove it, you also flip it over to the other side, so the next time, if it was a one, next time it's going to give you it's going to be a two and give you more more ability. If it was the two already, you taking it off, getting that extra ability, and flipping it over to the one side. So it's kind of neat. It 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 gives you more things to think about as you're playing. That's basically what you're doing in your turn: is you're placing a worker, removing a worker. The different actions. If you go to the port space, you have one of two choices. You could either fill up uh, one of your zones on your fishing board on your tackle box. It has to, if it's empty, you could then go to the draw bag and draw out some bait. And put it in that zone. There's four zones on your tackle box. They're numbered three, four, five, six. That's how many bait they hold. So if you if you want to fill it in the three, you're going to put three. If you want to fill it in the five space, you're going to put five in there. Um, the other thing you could do is you could draw one of those special fish from the from the deck or one of the ones that are face up. And with those, you're trying to make sets, either like three of a kind or four different ones. Um, the main stuff you're doing though, really is you're placing or removing the workers from the uh, fishing zones. If you place a worker on the red zone, then what you're going to do is, if it's on the one side, you're going to remove one red cube from each zone. If it's on the on your tackle box. If it's on the two side, you're going to remove all the workers from each zone. So you're going to get rid of all those red cubes. And that's what you're doing, basically. Trying to empty your tackle box. When you've emptied a section of the tackle box, they're numbered three, four, five, six. Then you get to catch a fish in that zone. So if I place the worker in the red space and emptied my four zone, I can now go to the red section of the board, the which is the lake, and remove the fish card that's in the fourth zone, and I've just caught it, and that's a fish I've caught. And that's how, that's how you're catching fish. Once you've placed that last bait in your tackle box, you, you get you're catching a fish. So you want to plan what you're, which which color you're taking last from a zone so you can hopefully get the right fish that you want or need because you know what type of fish it is. You don't know how much the fish weighs. That's in the back of the card. That is basically what you're doing in the game. Placing a worker, spending some bait, maybe getting some fish, removing a worker, spending some bait, or removing some bait from your board, and maybe getting some fish. You can, if you empty three, two or three or more zones at the same time, you could catch multiple fish in a single in a single cast i guess so it's pretty neat what you're trying to do in this game overall though is get the those trophies and that that's victory points there's different tri- types of trophies in this game there's a trophy for the heaviest cat total catch in the lake heaviest total catch in the river and then the third for the heaviest total catch in the sea there's trophies for being the first person to catch eight different species there's a trophy for what else is there for the special catches, there's a couple trophies and some other trophy or two. I don't even remember what they are. There's so many. Oh, there's also a trophy by weight. When you catch your fish, 
at at the beginning of the there, there's a weight to, uh, trophy that's face up and tells you what weight you're going for. Whoever catches the fish of that weight first gets that trophy. Then you draw the next weight trophy and see what that one's for. Now everybody's trying to catch that weight. So the whole game is just trying to collect all these trophies for points. That's really it. That's the whole game. It's very simple. The I did leave out a couple little details, like those little tokens you could get that give you bonuses. Um, they just give you more variety and, and more abilities that you want to use at the right time. You want to plan and use it. In the multiplayer game, and I think in both games, I haven't played a multiplayer. I think in both games, you're trying to get to 12 fish. When somebody catches 12 fish, everybody else gets a turn and then the game ends. And then you're going to total up the points and, and see who wins. That's pretty straightforward game. Any any questions? Not no? not now. No. Okay. I did a good job of explaining it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so the solo game that is what I've played. That's a little bit different. It's basically the same. You're going to play a two player game against an AI. With the what the AI does that's different is on the AI's turn, you always go first in the round, then the AI goes. It's going to draw a token from the bag, and whatever color it is, it's going to count how many tokens have been discarded of that color. And if it's between three or six, then it's going to collect the fish of in that zone of that, uh, that color. And it will also move the worker that's on that color space to the next available space. If there's no worker in that space, it finds the worker that's farthest back and moves it towards that space in a clockwise fashion. So basically every turn it's moving a worker and potentially getting fish. It's going to do that twice each turn. So actually it's potentially catching two fish. And that is the whole AI turn. It's super fast. Draw a cube, move a token, get a fish card and set it aside for, the, for that guy and do it twice. It takes half a minute to play the whole turn. You're going to keep doing that taking turns between you and that, the one thing that happens in the solo game is a little bit different besides how the, that guy works, is you add this little clear or white um, crystal bait into the bag. Whenever that one gets drawn, you stop immediately, just set it to the side, and take all the ones you've already discarded along with the, the white one and put it back in the bag, give the AI one of those special fish cards, and then choose either give him a second special fish card or draw seven tokens to the bag and put it in the discard already. If you're doing that, if you're drawing the seven tokens, he now has a little bit of a, uh, an advantage in that he's more likely to start catching fish right away. Because you got to remember, he's only getting fish from a zone if he has three tokens already in the set-aside pile for, for the color. Um, That's the whole game. Again, you play until somebody, you or the AI has 12 fish, the other... One takes the last turn, and then you total up points. The way the point scoring works for the the weight, I think, is interesting. You're going to look at, at each zone. So I'll look at my C zone, fish that I've caught, and I can only pick one fish from each zone and have that one weighed. You're going for the highest total weight. So generally speaking, I'm going to pick the heaviest fish of each type that I have. And whoever has the heaviest total catch, any extra fish you're going to throw back away. You don't keep them. So you're going to pick whichever, you're going to add up the ones you have, and whoever has the most gets points for it. There are times when you may not want to take the heaviest one because there's another way to get points, which is a, a tag color. I guess the fish have been pre-tagged in the ocean. And if you have caught and, and weighed one of the fish with the right color tag, you'll get an extra point for each one. 
Um, but yeah, super simple game. Plays really, really fast. I played it. The last time I played it, I timed myself from the moment I pulled it out of the shelf to the moment I put it back in. It was 35 minutes. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Very satisfying. So that you know, that's including all the setup and everything. Very good. I'm I've cast you, you notice what they call the solo rules. Oh yeah, the what is it? The practice pond. The practice pond. Yeah. I, I was wondering if they got your ire when I saw that, like ooh. I saw that I said, Oh, it's gonna be a, a lame solo version. It's not gonna be any fun. It's gonna be just oh here's a slight dumbed down version just to play it. It I thought it was really satisfying, honestly. Good. I did not. It did not feel like a practice pond. It felt like pretty decent, well done AI. I, it, I was very surprised it had that. Name. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. The there's a couple things that I like about the solo AI. The way that bag works is much more interesting because now, yeah, the way the bag works in the multiplayer game does not matter. It's just pull it out, set the bag aside, and move on. In the solo game, every time you're pulling out the cubes, whether for yourself or for the AI, is a little tense because. If you get that little white cube, you're gonna have to reset the bag. And if you already got to a point where he's got a lot of a lot of those tokens discarded the bait, he's not getting any fish anymore. So it's always kind of a bummer when that happens. Plus he's getting one of those special fish cards that might give him more points. So it, it becomes tense every single time. And uh you have more choices there again. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna draw the extra seven cube for him or take the card? And the choices matter every time. So I find it really interesting. The way the worker placement works, the way the AI moves the worker on his turn, again, that's pretty neat, pretty fun. Knowing that the AI will get a fish based on how much stuff is in the discard makes you think about what tokens you're discarding. It's like, well, do I really want to discard my yellow tokens? Because that means he's more likely to get those yellow fish, and I really don't want him to get yellow right now, that sort of thing. So there's, there's a potential for a lot of thinking. In it. You don't even have to think all that much on it if you don't want to. I still find it really fun to play and just go through the process of fishing. Which, again, surprises me because I don't like fishing. But I enjoy <laughs> well, there's it there's not here. really any focus on the fish <laughs> eyes in this one. No. Unless not. you consider the bait as just a bunch of fish eyes. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a simple, simple game with simple, simple rules. Easy to play. The, the solo AI is interesting and fun. And again, there's no thinking whatsoever for the AI when it's taking its turn. You you want to check some stuff just to see if it gets points or not. There's a couple things I find that the rules that an answer for me. Like for the AI, am I supposed to look at the fish after I've caught it or keep that secret? In a multiplayer game, I wouldn't be telling the other players how much the fish weigh that I caught. Because I don't want them to know, you know how I'm doing in each zone. But with a solo game, you kind of have to because it, you need to know if it's going to be able to score, the, get the, the weight. So I decided, you know, I'll just look at it and just not paying attention to that and not worry about the uh, how that's going. Sounds perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, re- really, really neat game. Really happy with it. All right. Well, I believe that about covers our adventures out on the lake for today. One more thing before I forget, I want to, to say thank you. I received a letter in the mail a couple of days ago from a listener, uh, Andrea Tepe. She's in Germany, and she sent me a, a letter, and it was a Friedman Freeze photo maze. Huh. So I got to try that out, yeah. Look at that. Mm-hmm. 
It's a neat little maze. It was fun. I like the art a lot on it. It's a it's a lot simpler than the Mayscapes mazes because it mm. just folds one way back and forth. Mayscapes had a lot more thinking, but it was really neat to try it and see it, and I'm really, really grateful for that. So thank you. Well, awesome. That's great to hear. All right. Uh, and that is all then. Uh, all right, thank everybody. you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.